Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barik alel aşrafil anbiya vel mursilin. Nebina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve selleme tesliman kathira. Ama ba'da. So elhamdülillah we mentioned some of the speech in relation to this uh, this hadith and uh, the Bros has some questions in relation to the hadith is the mas'ala, first and foremost, is the mas'ala clear in what we discussed in relation to the hadith Naam. that we had some speech from Qadir uh, Iyad and he mentioned that <coughs> that the affair of asking is not blameworthy Naam. and the affair of asking and that which has been asked within the hadith is not blameworthy and then he brings the proof the statement of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam salluni salluni and then we had the speech of unknown Naam. I know he says that this uh, understanding from Qadir Ayyad is incorrect and he states that this understanding is incorrect Bana'an or based upon the speech of who? Imam Khattabi Naam al Khattabi mentioned Naam. The intent first and foremost is that it is blameworthy and it is sinful. Naam. And so, what do you understand from when it is not blameworthy? What, and what time is asking questions not blameworthy? Ask the benefit to the, when the, the, the questions are asked that are beneficial. Naam, the questions are asked that are beneficial. That they can bring about benefit, whether it be understanding the hukum and the ahkam. Understanding a hukum, a ruling from the ahkam, or whether it be a situation where a person is seeking a piece of knowledge that is hidden to him and unknown to him. Falabats. Naam. And what we didn't mention as well previously is the hadith with the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He mentioned that Allah Ta'ala. يَرْضَ لَكُمْ ثَلَاثًا وَيَسْخَطْ لَكُمْ ثَلَاثًا That he is pleased for you and approves for you free affairs and disapproves of free affairs. And that which is mentioned of the affairs that Allah Ta'ala disapproves of is قِيلَ وَقَالَ كَثْرَةُ السُّعَالِ وَعِدَعَ الْمَالِ So from the free affairs that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala disapproves of is kila waqal, i.e. immersing yourself and engaging in full speech <coughs> and speech which is um, of a nature that is uh, what we'd call and what we'd refer to as gossip. Naam, people generally translate kila waqal as he said, she said, taking from, from the speech of this one and that one. Naam and khawd fi kalam al nafs and immersing yourself and delving yourself in the speech of the people. The second is kathratu su'al. 
the asking of many questions. And the Shaykh Rabi' Shaykh Rabi' Hafidahullah He mentions in relation to this affair of Kafiratul Su'al asking of many questions that there are two understandings from this. This <coughs> is understood in two ways. The first of them the first of these understandings is, as is mentioned, Kafiratul Su'al asking many questions. Asking and indulging in questions to the extent that the questions no longer become beneficial. Naam. And this is in relation to the to the hadith al Bab. And that narrates and that relates, sorry, to the hadith of this chapter. That a person continuously asks questions and brings about now queries, queries this and queries that until he brings about a harm. Why? Because he ends up asking about an affair that is haram or becomes haram upon the believers. Now, this is something which is harmful. Harmful to himself and harmful to the Muslims. So that's the first. Understanding of Kathar to Su'al. The second understanding that is mentioned again by Sheikh Rabi' is that Kathar Su'al is asking of that which the people possess. Asking for them wealth. I yani begging, asking the people for what they have. And Sheikh Rabi' he mentions that the asl of this is haram. The asl of it is haram, is impermissible. Due to three reasons. That the person, this can lead to the person raising an individual, and the one that's been asked, the one that's asking, raising the one who's been asked above his status and correct standing. Now, because he's in need of him, or he feels that there is a need of him. So he raises that individual. The second harm, and this can no doubt in the most severe of affairs, can lead to what? The person he raises the individual above his rank, above his station. Why? Because he's in need of him. Naam. And in the most severe of cases, this could lead to what? Shirk. Naam. That he raises the individual to the extent that he holds him in partnership with Allah in the most extreme of events. Naam. So this is the worst. This is the first uh, harm that this can bring. The second harm is that the person lowers his own self. Lowers his own self and brings himself to a state of humility or humiliation which is then regarded as being zulm nafs Naam, oppression to the self. Why? Because what we understand by the def definition of dhul, what we understand by way of the definition of dhul is wada a shay fi ghayri mawdi'i. That a person places something outside of his correct place. So even a person themselves, as a Muslim, 
a person should carry himself with a degree of sharf wal and the honor but as soon as he may put himself in this individual itself in this individual in this in this situation rather where he lowers himself na'am then this is zulm this is oppression na'am and zulm in nafs he's oppressed his own self brought apart harm and oppression to his own self and the third reason the sheikh mentions the third that he mentions na'am is that it may bring about embarrassment for the one that has been asked na'am why? Because you've put him in a position, in a situation where he may see or he's forced to refuse or he may feel obliged to aid, even though he's not able to. Depends on the, on the nature of an individual. He may never know a person that finds it difficult to say no, for example. So you place this person in a difficult situation. And reality is dhumlah. It's an oppressive action towards him. And so this is why Shaykh Rabbi he mentions that this affair of Kathar to Su'al, asking of many questions, is something that, or asking the people of their wealth and asking the people and begging the people, is something which is blameworthy and harmful. Naam. And. He says that the only exception for this is in the situation of a dorora, the necessity. And the situation of necessity is where a person faces al-halaq or something that is relative to that. So they face destruction or something that is relative to this affair of destruction. And then the third and final thing that is mentioned in this hadith that Allah Ta'ala disapproves of, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala disapproves of, is the affair of Ida' al-Mal, or Diyah al-Mal, wasting of wealth. That a person wastes their wealth, for no doubt, wealth is a ni'mah min ni'amillah. Wealth is a blessing from the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the believers, upon the individual, upon the creation. So if a person is blessed with a particular affair, then they should use it for khayr or that which is beneficial. And if they do not do so, then they're wasting that. And they're wasting something that Allah has blessed them with. So this hadith if we understand the words of Kathar to Su'al to mean the ask of many questions and asking questions that lead to harm then this is, the, this is how this hadith relates to the hadith of this chapter Naam. and then we have the speech of a sheikh we have the speech of a sheikh Ahmed al-Najmi and he says in relation to this hadith هذا السائل الذي سأل وتسبب في شيء كان مسكوتا عنه ثم إنه حرم من أجل مسألته يكون من أعظم الناس جرما وهذا إنما كان عند تنزل الوحي أما بعد وفاة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وإنكتاء الوحي 
فإن الأحكام الشرعية قد استقرت على ما هي عليه. And so Sheikh Ahmed Al-Najji mentioned in brief Naam and a concise explanation of this hadith. Naam and bi'idnillah makes it clearer. I makes the affair clear in relation to this hadith. That this is in relation to the sa'il, the questioner. Naam. That asks a question. And we understand from the kalam of Sheikh Obeid. Referring to not just any question. Naam. لكن يسأل عبثا He asks in a manner which is not beneficial And it's for mere Naam Amusement if you like And he causes something which was not spoken about Not mentioned previously To then be declared to be haram As a direct result of that question Naam. However, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Ahmed, he mentions here, and he makes it clearer here, that this is in the time, this was in the time of the Wahi. I went during the time of revelation. As for after the death of the Prophet wasallam. Then the wahi was cut and it ended. And so the ahkam of the sharia or the ahkam, the, the legislated rulings, had then at that point been established. And they been established upon a particular way. Naam. And so this is all in reference to asking of the questions that were beneficial. Naam. And the result of asking questions that are beneficial, what's the example we mentioned previously before the salah? Naam. And they asked the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi about what in particular they asked him about? The water. Naam, about the sea, and what about it? About, what about it, sorry? Naam, could they make wudu from that sea water? Naam. And the not only answers the question about that. Naam, however, he also answers that, or he also discusses the affair of the dead of the sea. Why? Because he, sallallahu alayhi wa from his hikmah, naam, husnul ijab, and from that beneficial way of answering questions, he also answered and discussed an affair that will be beneficial to the questioner as well. So we understand from this, naam, from this affair as well, an adab bin adab al talib al ilm. A piece of manners, or a part of manners, from the mannerisms of the student of knowledge. Naam, from the mannerisms of the student of knowledge. As also mentioned, fahm al su'al, nisf al jawab. Naam, understanding. The question is half of the answer. If a person asks a question which is all the way over there, then the answer is not going to be of that, of any real benefit. And so, just based upon this point here, I want to discuss as well with the brothers the affair of the 
adab of the talib al-ilm, the manners of the student of knowledge. And some of them that have been mentioned by the imma, and bin akhas specifically mentioned by Sheikh Zaid al-Madkhali. Rahimahullah. And he mentions that the student of knowledge, the mannerism of the student of knowledge, are of three types. The mannerism of the student of knowledge are of three types. The first are the mannerisms that the student of knowledge has, binafsihi. The mannerisms that the student of knowledge has within his own self. The second are the mannerisms of the, mannerisms of the student of knowledge with other than himself. I imagine the student of knowledge with his sheikh, first and foremost. Sorry. So the second is the mannerisms of the student of knowledge with his sheikh. And the third is the mannerisms of the student of knowledge with his zumala, with his companions, with his fellow students. So the first is what the manner of the student with who? Now with himself. And at the head of this affair is that the student of knowledge embarks upon his talab with ikhlas. That the student is sincere and there's a niyyah salihah. As the Nabi alayhi salatu salam mentions, in the ma'amal bin niyat, wa in the ma'ali kulli im'in ma'nawa, that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa mentions that indeed actions are by their intentions, and everyone shall gain by that which they intended. And so this is this affair of tajdeed al niyyah, renewing your attention, is one which is sought after and should be focused upon. On a regular basis, that the student of knowledge focuses upon his attention, his intention, on a regular basis. Likewise, the student of knowledge should look at his actions in relation to the halal and the haram. They adhere to that which is halal. He focuses upon the halal. And the wajibat and the mustahabbat for indeed no doubt this is him take it from the actions or take it from the ilm and acting upon the ilm that he sought and the shaykh Fawzan he mentions also in addition to this that acting upon that ilm he mentions action upon ilm is from the characteristics of the da'i. He mentions this in the in the maqaddima, in the introduction of manaj uh, al-anbiya. That person that's a da'i, 
when I saw Kola, he must act upon that he knows. For indeed, first and foremost, he needs to benefit from that which he knows and that which he calls to. But likewise as well, he does not want to be a means of those that oppose his dawah. Naam, those that oppose his dawah, to use him as a proof as to why they do not accept that which he calls to. So the talib and the student of knowledge has to adhere within his own self to righteous actions. Has to adhere to the wajibat and the mustahabbat. Naam. So that he's an example as well. He acts upon that which he learns and is an example as well. Likewise, from the, from the mannerisms of the student of knowledge with his own self as well, again mentioned by Sheikh Zaid, is the mannerisms then in the way that he carries himself as a student, specific to him as a student. Because the affair of ikhlas is something which is am, is general. Naam is general. Every single Muslim has to be upon ikhlas. For ikhlas is synonymous with tawheed. So just as every single Muslim has to be upon tawheed, no doubt every Muslim has to be upon ikhlas. Likewise, every single Muslim has to be upon righteous actions. But the one that is seeking knowledge should adorn himself with the actions and the mannerisms of those that carry that knowledge. And this is something which we, which we discussed in brief in the previous lesson when we discussed the affair of the khawarim and muru'ah. Naam, the khawarim and muru'ah. Actions that go back to the urf and nas, the custom of the people. An action that may be seen as shameful actions in the custom. For no doubt, if a person recognizes the weight of what he's carrying by way of the Quran and the Sunnah, wa faham salaf salih, that which he's studying or that which he's memorized by way of a hadith of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he should carry himself in the best of manners, in the best of ways. He should be an example of that which he has, he possesses with him, or that which he's seeking. For no doubt, this is a this is representative. What well, this represents the value of that which he's carrying. And the person can relate, even in dunya. If a person is of high standard within dunya, naam, he has a high position in governance, for example, then he's expected to carry himself in a particular way. He's expected to dress in a particular way. Naam, is expected to speak in a particular way? Then what about the individual that is carrying with him that hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa With him the adilla from the book of the sunnah. By way of that adilla is the path to success. By way of that adilla is the path to salvation. Then no doubt this individual is Ola. It goes about saying, and it's first and foremost that he should carry himself in a particular way. Naam. 
Then we have the adab of the talib of whom? The sheikh. The teacher. And at the adab of the talib from the, from the manager of the student of knowledge of his teacher is first and foremost, no doubt, he's attentive in his lessons and his duros of his student, of his teacher, rather. Seeking to benefit from those lessons of his teacher. Likewise, from the mannerisms of the student with his teacher, and this goes back to what we were discussing, like the hadith al-bab, husnu su'al, asking of the good questions. Naam. This is something that you see as well. You may see people, they will ask a question for the sake of asking. They ask a question for the sake of asking. Naam, this is something we used to experience in Medina. Where we have one of the mashaykh, for example, and the people used to rush to get to the sheikh. Naam, sometimes people don't even know who the sheikh was. They just know there's a crowd, and somewhere in the middle of that crowd is one of, is someone of knowledge. So they used to rush to get to the sheikh, and you used to find some from some of the tulab that in the whole confusion and the push and the shove of getting, in, getting close to the sheikh, he loses his head, maybe he doesn't know where he is. Before he knows it, he's next to the sheikh. He didn't even intend to be there that quickly. But before he knows it, he's next to the sheikh. So now he's under pressure. Now he's next to the sheikh. And he's, and he's been seen from maybe 10 minutes before trying to push to get his way in, to, in there. So now he asks a question. But because he had never really had an intent of asking a question maybe, he asked a question that's of no benefit whatsoever. Naam. Why? Because he just wanted to get there. He just wanted to be in the crowd. But he got more than he bargained for as they say. And he ended up next to the sheikh. But rather, the person should always seek to ask the question that's going to benefit him. Because the whole point of being close to the ulama and the mashaykh is not just to be close to them. But it's a benefit from their knowledge. They're the warathat al-anbiya, the inheritors of the prophets. So they may possess something from knowledge that you can benefit from right there and then. Or something comes up, a mas'ala comes up, an issue comes up, and you want to understand it further, and then alhamdulillah you have the shaykh there. So you seek to go to that shaykh, to that alim and ask him. To not be from those individuals that waste that opportunity. But not asking that good question. And again, it's not from the good adab, mannerisms of the student. For no doubt, the student should be should adhere to his time, and it's another thing. The student must adhere to good time, good timing. Naam. And so if a person wastes that time by asking a question of no benefit, Naam, this is not something which is from those mannerisms of the student. Because as we mentioned, that we've mentioned in, more de in, in detail previously now, 
the good question and the good nature of that question can bring about much benefit for the student that decided, the one asking, and those around as well. Naam. From the adab of the student with his sheikh as well is that he has sabr. He has patience with the, he has patience with the behavior or the, the, the mannerisms of his own sheikh as well. So his own sheikh may employ some severity towards him or strictness with him. However, it is upon the student to remain patient upon that. Naam, no doubt the sheikh may have some shit. But this is just as your father is teaching you and cultivating you upon a particular way. You understand that this is the way of the of the mashaykh, of your scholars, as your of your teachers, that they have employ a particular way. Why? Because they ultimately want and are seeking good for their student. How many times do you find the, the, the ulama teaching their students, and throughout their their, their speech towards them, whether it be a dars or mahadara? A lecture or other than that. They are constantly making dua for the students. Barakullahu feekum. Naam. For example. Or if you look at the books of Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. The texts that we go through and inshallah we try to memorize and try to memorize. All beginning with a dua. Naam for the reader. Why? Because that sheikh was good for the individual. And just as a person, just as a parent may employ or deploy some strictness with their, with, with their child at times, because they want good for them, the person must recognize that from the sheikh as well and remain patient upon that. But ultimately it comes from the love of the sheikh for his student. Naam. And a person shouldn't become or doesn't despair or be from worse than that and seek to retaliate. Naam, this does not bring about any khair. And this can be a means of a person being cut off from that knowledge. Be cut off from that knowledge. And thirdly, we mentioned the adab of Zumala. From the other of the of the of the talib with his companions, now with fellow students, is that first and foremost he wants good for them. Naam, his brother or his sister in Islam. As the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi he mentions in a hadith, La yu'minu ahadakum hatta yuhibbali akhihi ma yuhibbuli nafsihi. That none of you truly believe until you love for your brother that which you love for yourself. So you want success for yourself as a student, no doubt. You want to be a successful student. But you should want that as well for your fellow students. For your zumala. And it's not befitting that the affair that occurs between students is one of hasad, envy. And the tribulation amongst themselves. 
Likewise, as mentioned by Sheikh Zayd, is that from the adab of the student with his companions, is that they compete. Naam. They compete with one another in doing these actions in their, in their talab. For indeed, if they compete with one another, they will aid one another as well. They compete with one another to perform these actions. Compete with one another in memorizing, in their studies. And so that pushes each other upon the action of hate. And then finally, you would mention that they generally aid one another. Naam. Ta'awanu ala al-birri wa taqwa. Cooperate upon righteousness and piety. So you find this affair of cooperation upon righteousness and piety. This is what must occur between students as well. Cooperating with one another. Aiding one another in their studies. And they all are linked together. The one that wants good for his brother will compete with him. Because he knows if he competes with him, he'll push him. He knows if he competes with him, he aids him as well. And so all of these things tie in one another. Naam. And so these are some of these adab that we mentioned here are just all in relation, all in relation, Allah Ta'ala knows best, to what we discussed at the head of the affair, which was the husn su'al, the asking of good questions. And when a person adheres to good mannerisms, good mannerisms within his own self, good mannerisms with his, with his teacher, good mannerisms with his companions, then you look at all of these affairs of good mannerisms and you find that they all are means of Opposing and repelling actions of evil. Now, so a person employs or deploys with his own self ikhlas, repels, riya, shirk, those evil of actions. The person is, uh, adheres to righteous action. Again, it's repelling of bid'ah, ma'asiyah. Now, the person has husn su'al. Now I ask good questions to his sheikh. This opposes that which was mentioned in the hadith, where it brings upon harm for upon the Muslims, or harm upon others if they ask the question that's not of benefit. He can harm himself or harm others as well. And then you have what was mentioned as well in relation to the adab that the student has with his companions. Well, he was good for his companions, and this no doubt repels and rejects the affair of hasad, envy, naam, jealousy, blameworthy jealousy that occurs, that may occur amongst insan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. We are going to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are going to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.